The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? I'm so glad you're joining us here today. You might be listening live in Seattle, sunny Seattle on 11.50 a.m. KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. You might be listening live anywhere around the world on Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, You might be listening after the fact on ChristineUptrich.com or one of the, I don't know, it's like dozens, maybe 50 different podcasts the show ends up. But whenever and wherever you're joining us from today, I'm so grateful you're here. And I think you're going to be grateful, too, because we're going to be talking about something that is one of my passions. Um, But before I get into that, I want to say hello to the man behind the technology, behind a gazillion monitors and all sorts of contraptions and keyboards, (laughs) Mr. Benny Matters. (laughs) Hi, Benny. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We're past our start. (laughs) We can move forward. The rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. We, we've already had one little hiccup, but, you know, Mercury is no, in retrograde. didn't. It's been perfect since. Oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. I, I actually pulled the curtain, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. And there's that man who's really <laughs> controlling Oz. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we're going to be doing something very different today. As some of you may know, I've been working on a book, and um, I've actually got a chapter that's being contributed to another book as well that's coming out in the summer. But I've been working on this book that is addressing spiritual cliches, what I call spiritual myths. You know, over the last, oh gosh, I don't know, 30, 35 years, 40 years since the New Age movement began, many of us have been on our conscious psycho-spiritual journeys And it has been very beneficial for us to sort of have a broader perspective on reality, to consider things like past lives and connecting to God or the universal intelligence, whatever you want to call it, without having the context of religion or perhaps having broader perspective on on spiritual reality that includes, you know, your religious preference. But we have shifted dramatically and it is um, has been very beneficial But today I'm going to start to address how I think we are kind of within this spiritual box, this belief box, that we thought we got rid of the edges of the box, you know, I don't know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, when we started opening to things like reincarnation and the like. Um, But I think that we still have sides of a box. I personally have, have hit the sides of my own spiritual belief box several times. But what we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be going through some of these myths. I don't know how many I'm going to get through, and I'm going to jump around. But I want to hear from you, because when I start talking about something that resonates with you, I want to hear a bit of your story, because I know we've got listeners out there. The format of the show is typically, you know, having deep conversation. And I know I hear from many of you that these are conversations that affect you in, in sometimes profound ways. But we're doing a little different today, and I want to hear from you. So, Benny, can you give out that magic number that will get people connected to our studio? Sure, we can do that. It's uh, 800-930-2819, or if you're in the local area, 425-373-5527. Okay, great. One more time, numbers? 800-930-2819 and 425-373-5527. Thank you. Well, if you're... If you're a, a visual learner the way I am, you know, I have to hear things twice. You know, if, if somebody says at the grocery store, that'll be eighty two ninety four. dollars uh, Back in the days when I used to pay cash, I had to look at the register because, you know, it would go in one ear and out the other and it wouldn't register unless I saw it visually. So sometimes with when I hear things, yeah. I have to hear it more than once. Maybe our listeners are the same way. Okay, so I, I'm going to go back to the beginnings of the New Age movement. Historically, we were at a stage that was sort of like the post-Vietnam War. We had a lot of young people who were kind of bucking against the system. They, they, 
were screaming out against the war. They were screaming out about some of the status quo. People were getting disillusioned because we had a liar in the White House. And people were ready for something more. It was kind of like we needed to grow. We needed to grow. That containment no longer worked for us on our growth. And so people started to buck against the system a little bit. People started to expand their beliefs. And it's helped many of us. I, I, you know, if you're a listener on this station, you've probably been on your psycho-spiritual journey for a while. Maybe you're a newbie. Uh, but what I've learned within this context of my own psycho-spiritual journey and what I've learned coaching others and teaching others about this is that it's been very beneficial. But some of us are hitting the wall. It's like we, we feel like we've mastered it. You know, we, we'd gotten that manifestation stuff down, at least in certain areas of our life, lives. We thought that, you know, we, we had that spiritual connection. When we did the same things we've been doing before, we felt this connection. And yet now it's kind of like, hmm, is, that, is this all there is? Or why haven't we manifested this big change that we've sort of signed up for? So I want to go through some of what I call the top 20 myths. And trust me, there are more than 20. And the first one you're probably going to appreciate if you've been on your path for a long time. And it is myth number two. Pursuing a spiritual path will make your life easier. Did any of you feel like that when you first started out? I certainly did. Oh, gosh. You know, what you, you may not know about me is I'm a former research statistician. Before I got into alternative healing, before I got into conscious radio uh, and, and, and conscious manifestation techniques, I was a math major in college. And I was trying to decide, do I go into, mm, I don't know, computer science after I graduate? Do I go to graduate school for statistics? So I was at this decision point. Now, you know, I hadn't really turned into a seeker but I was kind of curious about things. I have to admit, sort of, I was in the closet about it at the time, but I had read a couple of the Seth books, uh, and I was fascinated with that aspect of reality, but I really wasn't delving into that. I was taking a sensible path, a sensible approach to achieving my goals, to have a normal life. And I tell you, you know, when I was at that decision point between my junior and senior year of college, I heard a voice. Now, it wasn't kind of the, the inner voice of, you know, you need to stop eating junk food or, you know, don't miss that turn or, you know, that sort of thing. But it was like this disembodied voice that said, you're a healer. And I tell you, it literally stopped me in my tracks. I was taking a walk one day and I heard that voice and I stopped walking and I thought, huh, what's this about? I mean, first of all, it was absurd to hear this voice that wasn't that my own inner nagging voice or even my own inner wise voice it was like this other voice and so um, I thought this is weird and I heard it twice that summer and I decided knowing where I was coming from sort of emotionally I had a lot of baggage I wasn't willing to admit it all I wasn't willing to see a lot of my shadow side but you know I knew that there was some heaviness there and I thought you know healers they've got to be wise they, they, they've got to really have their stuff together so I thought this is just a very egotistical thing that my mind has come up with, and I ignored that voice. Okay, so <laughs> you know what happens when you ignore that inner voice? Life takes you on a little detour to show you what you needed to, to listen to the first time or the first 10 times or whatever it is. And I ended up getting the early stages of lymphoma. Now, this cancer was unusual in the sense that although they had treatment for it, it wasn't curative in nature. It was what they called palliative, just trying to control it. And so um, what they wanted to do is wait and watch until it got to be bad enough and then put me on chemotherapy for the rest of my life. You know, I was in my 20s. I was, I was thinking I have this huge life ahead of me. I wanted to have children. Maybe at that point I wasn't sure, but I, I wanted that as a possibility. Um, and once you start chemo, you really shouldn't be getting pregnant so it's like my whole life was kind of turned upside down just on the thought. Even though my symptoms were mild, I knew that I had this potential, you know, painful and short lifespan. And it kind of freaked me out. So I began to explore, oh gosh, all sorts of things. 
from manifestation techniques such as visualization, affirmations. Um, I started studying yoga. Um, I started meditating regularly. I read every book I could get my hands on about healing. And I was sort of applying that new age kind of packaging to my illness. And it kept getting worse. And I remember at one point, it was very vivid in my memory, I realized I had no power over my body. I had no power over my future that even though I was doing all the so-called right things, that it was getting worse. And I began to cry and cry and sob and sob. And eventually I was just exhausted. And then I heard that same disembodied strange voice that I'd heard twice before speak to me again. And it said, now you get it. Now we can work together. And from that moment of letting go, things shifted. And I was doing the same things, but I was sort of, I was more at ease. And I shifted what I was doing and directions I was going in and the choices I made. And ultimately, all the cancer disappeared without any medical treatment. So I got my miracle. I got to learn that I was a healer. So it just brings up one really important myth, and that is oftentimes we think that if we, we connect truly with our soul path, that it will make life easier. And oftentimes it <laughs> takes you on this detour filled with potholes and uh, bad weather. And it, it, it's, it's the sort of thing where you, you think, wow, it should have gotten easier than this, and it didn't. So that's my story about how it didn't make my life easier. And I've got lots more where that came from. But that's just one of the myths. We're going to be going to a quick break, but if you want to share your story about how being on your spiritual journey has um, had some challenges for you, uh, please give us a call. Benny, what are those numbers again? 800-930-2819, 800-930-2819, or 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. And when we return, we're going to be exploring more of those top 20 Myths about spirituality. Stay tuned. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to finally feel empowered and knowledgeable in your political stance? Let Marsha Padilla Goad educate you on exactly how important grassroots advocacy is in a relatable way to all perspectives. Tune in to Grassroots Advocacy Radio with Marsha every first Tuesday of the month at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Visit DynamicsInPublicAffairs.com. What is holding you back from living the life you are meant to live? Why is it vital to believe in something bigger than yourself? Are you in physical or emotional pain? Tune in monthly to Vibrant Purposeful Living. Awaken the vibrant life within you with Lou Paradise and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Lou's passion is to help everyone experience positive solutions for life. Find out more about Lou with Vibrant Purposeful Living at LouParadise.com. 
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrick Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I remember that song <laughs> one from when I was like in junior high or something. I loved that song. King Harvest. Yeah, and I still love it. And They're still touring. They might are be. they really? Well, I say I don't know. Maybe oh, okay. I do know if you're interested though that uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire are in Chicago are coming very soon to the Seattle area. That's exciting. So anyone's interested? There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny when looking at some of these musicians, sometimes seeing how they've aged makes me feel really old, too. <laughs> yeah, but they're in it for the long haul. That's, yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's, that's, great. it's re- reminiscing. I still listen to the stuff that I listened to as a kid and growing up, and that's because I, I just relate to it. Uh-huh. The music now is just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like. It's yeah. different. And, you know, I've got a 24-year-old who really appreciates current music. Mm-hmm. I've also got an 18-year-old who thinks it's a bunch of, you know what, Black. Yeah, yeah. lightly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm grateful you've joined us now. Um, I am talking about some of the top 20 myths about spirituality. And the first one I talked about was that pursuing a spiritual path will make your life easier. You know, I, I know that some people would kind of cringe hearing that if they've been on their path for a while. Um, there's another one that's pretty rampant, I think, within the context of the New Age movement. And that is that there are certain emotions that are not spiritual. In particular, I'm thinking about how there are many people who are um, trying to only be nice and pure, and they view love and compassion as being spiritual. And emotions such as anger as unspiritual or ego-based. And I had that perspective for a while, and I have to tell you that when I felt angry about something, I had a lot of inner conflict about it because, I mean, first of all, I'm not talking about a toxic expression of anger or even expression of anger at all, but having that anger made me feel like I wasn't being spiritual enough. And then at one point I thought, well, maybe that's, you know, a side of a box, a belief box that's, that's keeping me stuck in here. And I shifted my perspective and I decided, okay, well, what if every time I'm angry, it's a message from my soul? And I've come to the following conclusion. One, that, it's, that when you're angry, it means one of two things. It means there's some woundedness where you're getting triggered and it's a place to explore and heal. Or two... It's indicating where you need to set new boundaries. And that anger is just basically saying, pay attention and set the appropriate boundaries. And I also think about the, the energy behind anger. You know, if you get really angry, don't you want to go for a brisk walk or do a little kickboxing? Or there's that, that energy that goes through the body. So it's kind of like this, energetically, it's a really positive way of, of saying move forward. It's, it's energy that can be utilized effectively towards forward movement, towards change. So I've stopped viewing emotions as being either spiritual or ego-based. And as I've done that, it's helped me shift dramatically. And I know I've helped some clients with that perspective as well. So that's another myth that's been there that's, I think, been pretty prevalent. And some people won't actually come out and say that, but sometimes you'll feel the judgment, you'll see the judgment and the worst kind of judgment at all that we can have is our self-judgment when we're judging ourselves about that. So, you know, if you, if you have that kind of self-judgment about anger or some other, like, darker shadow side emotions, view it as your soul's talking to you and see how it might change. Okay, so we've talked about a couple of different um, spiritual myths, spiritual cliches. Oh, here's another one. Spirituality is best experienced in retreat or isolation. Now, having space for meditation, prayer, going into retreats or like spiritual gatherings, they can be very beneficial. 
But I think that what's happened is we've started to have this sort of compartmentalized perspective on our spiritual nature, kind of like separating it out so that, okay, now's our time to be spiritual. We're in, you know, it, it's the time of day when we meditate or it, we're going to a spiritual workshop this weekend. This is when we're going to be spiritual. And I found out that some of the most profound spiritual experiences can occur when we're going about our daily lives. And if we stop thinking in terms of, oh, I can only talk to my inner guidance when I'm in meditation, you know, talk to your inner guidance when you're in your car, stuck in traffic. Um, if you think that um, you haven't set enough time aside to do, you know, some self-care such as meditation, we'll definitely go that route. But I tell you, I, there was one time when I was um, going and stopping. I was stopping at this Italian bakery to get some Italian bread. This is back in the days when I ate plenty of wheat. <laughs> kind of missed the good Italian bread. Sometimes I'll splurge on it. But anyway, um, and it, there was a snowstorm predicted. And I th- looked at a bunch of pigeons in the parking lot, and I thought, they're going to be dealing with probably at least a foot of snow. And I think I'm just going to get an extra loaf of bread to feed them. Now, I'm not sure if bread's the best thing to feed to birds. This is before I'd heard that, you know, some birds shouldn't be eating bread. Uh, but anyway, I got an extra loaf of Italian bread. And I went out amongst the pigeons. And I'm not normally somebody who feeds the pigeons. I'm not judgmental about that. But that's just, that wasn't sort of my MO. It was just something I was inspired to do. And as I'm going about my day in that flow, and I took a few moments to feed the pigeons, it was this profoundly connected experience. It surprised the heck out of me. There I am feeding the pigeons, and there was one pigeon in particular that climbed atop my foot and just cooed the entire time. Didn't eat, just cooed. And it was one of those moments when I felt like I was connected not only to these animals, but to everything. It was this transcendent experience where there was this perfection in it. And it's not something that I sort of conjured up in, you know, a a meditation experience or within the context of a retreat. Uh, It was just something that was, you know, happening in my daily life as I followed my inner guidance and, and did what I was moved to do. And it was a very illuminating moment. So, and I've had many moments like that where um, it's been mind-blowing as I go about my daily life. So I think that if we can sort of shift our perspective away from, you know, the meditation room and the spiritual retreats or the spiritual gatherings, church, wherever, are the places where we have the, the real juicy spiritual experiences. But think in terms of those being just ways to nurture ourselves so that we can more broadly experience spirituality in our normal daily life, it can shift our, our experience of it. And, um, you know, as I said before, some of the juiciest spiritual experiences occur when we're going about our normal life. So that's another spiritual myth. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. Um, some people think that spiritual lessons typically have to be difficult. And it's true that when you're going through a difficult experience, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, uh, whether it's a human or a a furry friend, uh, or perhaps you've lost a job, or perhaps you're facing a health crisis, those situations that are fairly dire can sort of motivate us to explore, motivate us to let go to our process, and we can have this, this profound shift based on our willingness to explore that. So sometimes people think, oh, yeah, you know, I've been through the school of hard knocks, and that has helped me along my journey. And absolutely, it's helped me along mine. But I think we have to be very careful to eliminate this sort of narrow-mindedness that, you know, we're going about our life normally, and um, we learn some things, yes, but we don't really learn the profound lessons unless we're experiencing profound pain or loss or some sort of real transformation. And I tell you, there's one common denominator when exploring what what happens within the context of a job loss, or the death of a loved one, or um, divorce, you know, something where perhaps we have no control over it, but one way or another, it's a huge loss. 
And when we have profound transformation within that context, the common denominator is surrender. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when I experienced my healing, the big shift for me was when I let go and I cried and I realized how powerless I was. And that was where things shifted. But that surrender can happen as you go about your normal life. I mean, think about letting go and just being present and sort of surrendering to the moment when you're at the grocery store today, you know, perhaps standing in line next to a fussy toddler or when you're getting um, a call from uh, your boss and your boss isn't happy or you're just interacting with a neighbor and you sort of shift into just allowing what's going to unfold to unfold. That surrender can lead to profound transformation. And it's something that I've discovered sometimes the hard way. I, you know, I've spent much of my life going about it and being very busy, very busy. But if I can surrender in you know, at least numerous moments throughout my day, then sometimes some pretty important shifts can occur. So that's just another spiritual myth, sort of reorienting things to sort of shift your perspective so that perhaps you can embrace your spirituality more in the moment-to-moment basis in your life. We'll be back with more spiritual myths. If you've got something you want to share, again, we've got um, telephone lines open. I know it's a different format than we're normally offering you, but we do have lines. I'd love to hear from you if you've got a story to share. Benny? So don't be a stranger. Join us, 800-930-2819, 800-930-2819. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll be back soon to talk about more spiritual myths. Stay tuned. Are you ready for unfiltered gratitude, unfiltered frequency, and unfiltered creation? Then don't miss Mike Murphy Unfiltered on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursday from 12 to 2 Pacific Time as Mike Murphy and a cast of powerful guests discuss and demonstrate the principles and practices of the creation frequency. Tune in to unleash the power of your mind. Open the immense energy of the heart to manifest an awesome life filled with true health, wealth, confidence, gratitude, and joy. Unfiltered truth and unfiltered frequency to uncover and let go of limiting beliefs and access your powerful intentions that resonate out into the universe with Mike Murphy Unfiltered. For more information on Mike and his work, visit his website at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. Imagine that you can create anything you choose. Literally, imagine it. Join us to explore the neuroscience of imagination, intention, and clear speed. Tune in to Clear Speed Talk Radio with Dr. Ned Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as she explores how your inner dialogue, your conversations, and the words you choose to use can help set goals you keep, achieve greater health and resources, and feel the ease and flow of loving your life. For more information, visit JeanetteWolf.com. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm so glad you've joined us here today. I am talking about spiritual myths. 
the cliches that we've bought into that sometimes end up, end up keeping us inside of a box, keep restrict our experience of spirituality. And uh, it's something I'm writing about right now, something I feel passionate about, and I'm sharing some of them today. So you don't have to wait for all of them to, until my book comes out, which is coming out later this year. Okay, here's a big one. And I bet you anything that there are plenty of you who believe this myth, that money isn't spiritual. Okay, you know, I, I, I know that there's that expression from the Bible, Jesus saying, the love of money is the root of all evil. But I assure you, what was said wasn't about love as in spiritual love, but rather human attachment. Let's reorient ourselves for a minute. Let's, let's take a look at what money represents. If you view money as sort of rep- representing the, the, the time, the energy, and the talent of a person, or the natural resources of our planet, then isn't all that spiritual in a sense? Shouldn't we be honoring that? And what would happen if we respected that? What if we treated it more like a spiritual exchange? Then think in terms of how you might spend your money. You know, w- would you be spending money on an outfit that you know was um, created in a sweatshop? Would you be spending money on uh, a, a lot of stuff that was like plastic that was never going to get recycled? Um, it, we'd all be more conscious about it if the financial exchange was thought of as having a spiritual component. And I tell you, it also shifts your perspective about what you're willing to receive. Because with that spiritual flow, with that energetic flow, it needs to be both going out and coming back in. And if you honor what you're, you're sending out there, including the, the bill payment, you know, when you're, you're writing a check or doing auto pay for um, your electricity, think in terms of the, the technology and the natural resources and the humans involved. It's, it's what you're saying thank you, that you honor and respect that. So if you start to spend your money and and think in terms of it being some sort of spiritual exchange, then you end up being a little choosier about what you're going to spend it on. But you also realize that, of course, it's it's something that you, you send out. And of course, it's something you deserve to receive. So it can shift your own relationship with money. So I think that we need to stop thinking of money as dirty or unspiritual. And understand that it can represent something very spiritual, which changes our relationship with money and can change our own financial abundance, as well as can help change the world. So that's, that's another spiritual myth. Okay, let's see, which one do I want to do? Oh, this is a good one. It's important to experience oneness. I don't know, there are probably a lot of you out there who have gotten onto the We Are One bandwagon, right? Oh, you know, I, I do believe that we're all connected and I do believe that we are one. But I think what happens is we start to buy into this before we've ever really experienced it. It's, it kind of becomes dogma. And I think that when we buy into dogma, when it's not something that we've naturally truly experienced, not something that we truly believe on a deep level, like on a, a deep vibrational level, a knowingness, then it just becomes something that we espouse. It, it's something that we are kind of in this, how do I put this? On an energetic level, it's about not being in alignment with your, your true knowingness. Um, and we also end up judging ourselves. It's like a lot of people are talking about how we are one. And, you know, when I, was, I had shared that story about feeding the pigeons, I had that transcendent moment where I understood that on a deep level. But I don't experience that very often. And I think that when we focus on a we're one bit, sometimes we are trying to bypass our own process to get to that understanding. But we're also kind of saying, you know what, that our differences are not that important. And they are important in a sense, not to to judge or not to um, think that we are better than, but rather it's kind of like in an orchestra. Let's say that you are playing the flute. 
and there are other flute players there, but there are a whole lot of other instruments in this orchestra creating this beautiful music. And that, you know, you're, you're playing the flute. You, you say that's the same as playing the, the violin, right? But it really isn't. It's a different kind of experience. And you honor that difference because of the fact that without the differences, you don't have the same kind of wholeness. You don't have the same kind of music, so to speak. And the same thing is true with our spirituality. And if we kind of honor our own uniqueness and we're on our own individual paths, then yes, we can understand that we come together as one orchestra and uh, are playing, have the potential to play beautiful music together. Um, and yes, perhaps you, you'll experience that oneness. Perhaps you know and you experience it on a moment-to-moment level. But I think we need to be careful not to hop onto that bandwagon unless we really, really know it and believe it and um, to honor our individualism because if we were just going to be all one, then we probably wouldn't have come into human form with our differences. Um, And I think that we need to get to the point where we can honor our differences and and that's really the key. And then honor your own individual path and, and embrace your uniqueness because you're supposed to be different. And yes, on some level we may be all one, Um, but concentrate on playing your own instruments, so to speak, if that makes sense. Okay, there are lots of other myths. I'm only going to get to some of them, and I'm saving the best one for last, so you're going to have to stay tuned to that last segment. But, um, oh, here's, here's another one I like. You must have spiritual discipline. Gosh, I've heard this from clients, students who've said, I'm just not able to be very spiritual because I'm not... um, I'm not meditating every single day, or they'll, they'll judge themselves because there's some um, sort of spiritual discipline that they're not fulfilling. And I think you need to be careful. I mean, for, for many of us, discipline is necessary. I, I liken this to um, discipline of working out. Now, for some of us, we really need to get to the gym or really need to schedule a certain time during the day to physically exercise or else you know, we're going to stay unfit. But I think about people, oh, I, I know some of these people, people who chop wood regularly, who do landscaping, who, you know, carry their babies and walk to the store and carry their groceries home, who are getting physical exercise as a part of their normal daily life. And it's funny because when I started to think about how you can have, achieve the same kind of goal, you know, fitness, using two very different approaches, one that requires a lot of discipline and the other that requires no discipline, but it's more of a part of natural flow of life, I realized that the same thing can be true about our spiritual connection. Some of us benefit from having that discipline. Some of us, it kind of gets in the way. And one of the things that I found over the last few years is that Sometimes I need the discipline, but more often than not, I get a greater connection to my soul, a greater connection to all that is, a greater connection to my authentic self if I take a more organic approach, you know? And um, it's, it's the sort of thing where I honor the fact that I don't always like to have discipline, and it's not because I'm, I'm you know, not wanting to have that connection, Okay. Physical fitness, that's a whole different experience. But with my spiritual connection, I, I feel more connected if I go into this organic flow. And, and sometimes I will be having uh, sort of a communication with my inner guidance. Sometimes I will be, you know, moving and dancing because it feels like I need to move the energy. Sometimes I'll be honoring and feeling gratitude for the ingredients I'm putting into the dinner. And I get this intuitive flow that, that comes very, very regularly. So I I think that you need to assess whether you personally thrive on the discipline or whether you might thrive a little bit more letting go of some of that discipline. So that's yet another myth. And we're getting close to the break. And I told you I'm saving the the, probably the most provocative myth for last. And uh, so stay tuned for more about the top 20 spiritual myths. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. 
As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, Clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show. So glad you're here. And, um, you know, I've been sharing some of the top 20 myths. Trust me, there are more than 20 as well. But my book is only covering 20 of them. And I tell you that when we let go of of some of our beliefs that really aren't serving us, if we shift from we should do this or we shouldn't do this or we should always do this or we should never do that, sometimes it can really transform our experience and can transform our spiritual connection. You know, there, there is one myth that is very, very prevalent in the New Age movement. And that is that it's really important that you aim for a high-frequency vibration. Now, let me tell you, scientists have been able to confirm that we are a mix of low-frequency vibration, that is like the mass of our body, reality around us, the, the, the mass of, of the table, the chair, you know, the walls, the car. Uh, and we've also got high-frequency vibration. I've been a part of some really interesting research done by three different universities looking at the, the light in a person's um, what we call biofield scientifically. It's the, the aura. So we also have that high frequency of light. And healing, among other things, can affect that high frequency vibration. And we often will liken that high frequency vibration to the to the soul, to spirit, to the the communication from um, the spiritual realm. And yes, it's really important that we reach up for that. And that high frequency vibration is really important. But I'm telling you that at this stage of our evolution right now, what's really, really important is that we embrace a more expansive vibration. That is, that we're embracing our physicality. It's kind of like, instead of just going up and, and, and connecting with the higher frequency vibration. It's bringing it down energetically like a lightning rod onto the planet. 
And it's integrating all of who you are and embracing all of who you are, integrating the spiritual into the rest of life. And so, and, and Kryon has actually said this as well, um, and I, I learned this after I had started teaching this, that it's, that it, what's really important is to have an expansive vibration. Um, so it's just sort of shifting our perspective about what we need to do. We're not here to transcend the human body. I mean, we'll, we'll do that when we die, right? It's, it's about bringing that spiritual high-frequency energy into the lower-frequency vibration of our bodies, our lives, and our planet, which is really about integrating spirituality into our moment-to-moment lives in a new way. So really, I think we need to aim for an expansive vibration. Okay, so that's, you know, that's just a, a small subset. But I'm going to tell you one that's probably the most provocative of, one, of all. Now, you, you may consider yourself to be a spiritual seeker, right? I think most of us call of ourselves that if we're on the psycho-spiritual journey. Um, but I'm here to tell you that one of the myths is that it's always helpful to seek spirituality. And there are so many ways in which seeking can be helpful, yes. Sort of consciously connecting with that soul-level experience, connecting with God, universal intelligence, the field, whatever you want to call it, is important. However, oftentimes, seeking spirituality can lead us astray in a variety of ways. One of the ways is that we look outside of ourselves to connect with that spiritual nature. Now, looking outside of ourselves can mean looking for answers. Well, our experience of spirituality is within ourselves. When we look outside of ourselves, first of all, we're looking in the wrong place. And secondly, we can get ourselves into a situation where we're giving our power away to somebody else. I mean, think about the, the healers and the self-empowerment group gurus and um, the, the spiritual leaders who have fallen <laughs> to their shadow side and had it illuminated. You know, the, the, the priests who have molested children, the, um, the healer who has uh, sexually molested many, the the self-empowerment guru who, um, you know, negligently helped cause the death of, of a few people because he wanted them to suffer enough for the, to have their spiritual experience. And then, of course, there are ones who think that, who, who basically communicate to us that we need to have somebody between us and God in order to connect. So that's one of the ways it's seeking. Also, one of the things I've discovered is that it's the allowing that has us connect. And when we are seeking, we might strive or struggle or try to achieve something. And that's the opposite of that vibration of allowing. So when it comes to connecting with our spiritual self, it, it really isn't always helpful to seek. And I think about how we're born whole, you know. We've got our five senses and we've also got our spiritual side. And as children, I think we are very connected to it. We understand it on some levels. I myself knew that when I got here that this was not where I was from. And there's a lot of vibrant light here, but also a lot of darkness. So we have this connection and somehow we let go of it or we, we allow it to be hidden. We allow us, ourselves not to believe it anymore. And there are a variety of reasons for doing that. But we don't do that, say, with um, taste. <laughs> Think about have you ever decided it's time to seek taste? Okay, so you might decide, oh, I really don't, can't tell the difference between these three different types of red wine. You know, I might have a sense that there are some differences. I really need to take a, a, a class in wine tasting to be able to be a good wine taster. But it doesn't mean you, you haven't enjoyed every meal you've had, the, every, every spoon of, of or forkful of food you've put onto your tongue, right, uh, leading up to that time. So it's, it's the same thing with seeking. Yes, by consciously connecting, it can be helpful. And yet we, we need to be careful not to get stuck in this struggle and striving. We need to be very careful not to give our power away to others on this process. We need to learn to trust. And I'll tell you, that phrase, seek and ye shall find, this is a big one. It was mistranslated. I know. It's surprising. It's a very powerful phrase in some ways. 
But the, because when the New Testament was translated from Greek into English, there was this nuance in the Greek lang- language that did not come over with that phrase, seek and ye shall find. It was supposed to be keep on seeking and ye shall find. But the keep on isn't like do it over and over and over again, but rather all the time, continuously, all the time. What does it mean to seek all the time? Does it mean, oh, I have to have that spiritual experience. I need to feel that oneness. I need to, you know, or I need to manifest the blah, blah, blah. And I better keep it in my mind all the, all the time. No, I think what keep on seeking all the time means be aware, be conscious, be open to receiving. So I, I liken it between the, the different, I mean, the difference between seeking like a hunter, going after that buffalo in a compartmentalized way, you know, aiming and, 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 and trying to get that buffalo, or seeking like a gatherer where you're going out on your journey. And yes, sometimes you might know, you have this innate sense that it's time to seek berries, right? But you go out on your journey and you keep your eyes open and you know that there is going to be sustenance. And you might go looking for berries and find tender greens instead. Um, But there is an abundance of sustenance and a variety. So if we sort of shift our perspective about seeking, then I think we can avoid some of the potential downsides of seeking. And that trust is a really big part of it. Now, I'll tell you, there are lots more spiritual myths. I'm going to be addressing some of these on Facebook. Get onto my Facebook page. Christine Upchurch Professional page is what it's called. If you put Christine Upchurch in there, it's one of the things that'll pop up really fast. Uh, or you can follow me on my personal page on Facebook. I'm, I'm really passionate about sharing this, and I'm, I'm writing a book. And as I said, I've got a chapter in a book coming out um, in the summer, and my book is coming out later in the year. Um, but I think that as we let go of some of our limiting beliefs, something magical happens. It's kind of like New Age Part 2. It's, it's this mind-opening shifting. And I think that it's really important for us to change our perspective so that we can embrace our spiritual nature on a moment-to-moment basis, which can shift the decisions, the choices, the connections we make as we go about our lives. Um, so I hope that you found this helpful. Please get onto my professional page. Give me some feedback. Uh, You can also hear this show by Monday on ChristineUpchurch.com. Send me an email. If any of these things resonate with with you, I'd love to hear from you because, you know, you're just this nebulous audience. I love speaking in front of of groups of people because I can see who's there. I can look into people's eyes. But I know that there are listeners there, and I want to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us here today, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.